This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic from Bloomberg Radio. Well, you might recently recall uh, a story that we talked about. It was on the Bloomberg, also at Bloomberg.com, about the property tech startups that buys homes on behalf of renters and helps them become owners. Well, it hit a $2 billion valuation thanks to a recent round of equity financing led by Tiger Global Management and Caffeinated Capital. Let's find out a little bit more about this startup. We welcome uh, Divi Home CEO, Adina Hefetz. She joins us on the phone in San Francisco. So nice to have you here on Bloomberg. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me here, Carol. Well, it's great to, to have you here because I think one of the things that we've talked about a lot uh, over the last year and a half, especially with all the inequities that are out there, is the um, lack of opportunities for many sectors of our population to be able to buy a home. And it's kind of this vicious cycle that prevents them from doing it. So, Adina, talk to us a little bit about what you are doing at Divi Homes and how it all works. Sure. So Divi is just a new way to, to finance the purchase of a home. What we do is we let our customers pick out a house. We will buy it on their behalf. We then rent it back uh, to them. And with their rental payments, they actually build equity in the property. So we let them build up to 10% ownership in the property over the course of three years. Um, they can buy back the property at any time from us by getting a traditional mortgage and rolling their equity. Or they can, we can cash them out for the, the value of their equity in the home. So, Carol, what I really saw was that people aren't being able to access homeownership because mortgages are getting uh, just more strict over time, harder mm-hmm. to get. And so we thought might as well provide access through a new form um, where it's, it's sort of a, a rent-to-own option. How long have you guys been doing this? So we, we were founded about four years ago, but we've been uh, purchasing homes for customers and helping them access homeownership for about three years, I want to say. And how's it going so far? Give us give us some ideas of a typical scenario and how it works out. Sure. So it's it's been really interesting. What we have found is that especially during the COVID period, um, access to mortgages have actually only gotten more challenging. And so we saw a rapid rise in demand uh, during the COVID time period, and mm-hmm. they um, have thousands of customers who are using us to purchase homes across sixteen different markets. What's really interesting is um, how well people are actually being able to buy back the home. So we're seeing a buyback rate of roughly 40%, which is four times, uh, sorry, 10 times the the average that most uh, rent-to-own companies have. The most rent-to-own companies are, are sort of low single digits, um, and we're almost 10x that amount in terms of buyback rate. What's even more interesting is that our customers have, on average, about $8,200 of savings in their home. Um, and so when you think about the average American, most doesn't have um, almost anything in savings. I think the average amount of savings for a renter is roughly about $800. So we're right now um, helping our customers save a lot, which feels really good. So you're saying they have a rainy day fund of $8,200? Well, it's it's invested in their home, so it's invested oh, okay. in the equity of their home. Okay. Uh, so I wouldn't call it a rainy well, day fund. Well, I'm, I'm trying to understand um, what that... It's an what, appreciating value. That's what I want to understand. When you say customers have an average of $8,200 in savings on their home, what what is exactly do you mean by that? Is that equity? Is that what that is? Yes, exactly. Um, so we, we don't technically... From a legal perspective, it's not technically called, um, it's not technically equity. Hmm. However, um, uh, what we do is we, we basically keep um, a virtual equity account for them. So they contribute savings into an account. We save it for them, and we give them credit for, for their percent ownership in the house. So let's say we buy a house, Carol, at, let's say, $100,000. Um, they put in $10,000 at the beginning of the program. That home appreciates to $120,000. 
they own 10% of that home, so the $10,000 they originally put in, mm-hmm. but they actually, their ownership is, is 10%. And so the value of that equity is close to $12,000, and they made a $2,000 gain on their equity. And they get the full benefit of that. So you said about 40%, the buyback rate of people who um, rent to buy, the buyback rate is 40%. You said that's 10 times some of the other rent-to-own companies. Of the 60% who don't ultimately do it, what happens? So what's actually interesting is we're seeing a lot of people who, um, you know, saved up to 10%, but it turns out they need just a slightly larger down payment. And so we're seeing a decent percentage of people who actually just stay in the house and they continue to build up equity. So they build up a larger down payment savings. Um, there are some people who also just turn over. Um, you know, we really encourage access to home ownership, but we want someone to be able to actually want to live in the home. So if your neighbor, you know, you don't get along with your neighbor, you don't like the school district and you want to move, we don't make it so that you're stuck in this house, you cash out your equity and you can move on to another location that might work better for you. Do you think, you know, ultimately you can get to a point where most renters become a homeowner in this process? That is what our our goal is. Like our goal, we're starting out at 40%. Our goal is only to increase that over time. And we've done that through a couple of very specific things. So first, um, we offer free credit counseling for all of our customers. That's a really important part of our program. Um, Second, we have mortgage partnerships. Um, So we're able to refer customers over to mortgage providers today that helps them actually work through the home buying process. In the future, what we want to do is be able to eventually um, help uh, issue the mortgage to the, uh, the, uh, the customers ourselves. And that's something that we're slowly building towards because this buyback portion um, and increasing the percentages is quite important to us over time. You're listening to Bloomberg Business Suite. Carol Masser in our interactive broker studio. Still with us is Adina Heffet. She's Chief Executive Officer of Divi Homes with us uh, on the phone from San Francisco. So you mentioned, you know, uh, Adina, the goal is to get, you know, more uh, renters and every renter, if possible, who partake in your program to become a homeowner in this process. Tell me a little bit about you know, how the traditional financial system, I mean, we talk about it a fair amount here at Bloomberg, they really don't, they really kind of ignore a big part of the population. How do you deal with things that they might say is important, like bad credit ratings or not a credit credit history or low income? How do you deal with that? Sure, yeah. So the the mortgage market was created, um, has been around for a while, but was really put into um, existence by the GSEs back in 1940. And during that time, they set underwriting requirements. So FICO requirements, where your income had to be, debt-to-income ratios, and down payment requirements. Um, rightfully so, those uh, requirements have not changed over the last 100 years. Um, and the reason why is the couple of times since that they've tried to, to change them slightly. It's led to, to major issues like the global financial crisis, right? Um, and, and so I actually really believe that the mortgage market uh, is efficient and should continue to op- operate as it is operating. And the reason why is if there is someone who is unable to make their mortgage payments and there has to be a foreclosure that happens, foreclosures are extremely expensive and just take a really, really long time, mostly because they're just so heavily regulated. Divi can take on uh, people who are in a wider credit spectrum than a, than a traditional mortgage. So we go as low as a 550 FICO, mm-hmm. um, although our sweet spot is right around, call it 600 to 700 FICO. We only require 1% to 2% of the home value as a down payment. Um, so our, our customers generally have, on average, call it two to $6,000 saved up. Um, we require a minimum of $2,000. Um, and because our, our, our product is fundamentally a rental product, if the tenant is unable to make a payment, we're able to be a little bit more flexible, try to work through a payment plan, 
And ultimately, in the worst case scenario, if we do have to go through an eviction, um, evictions are less costly and take a lot less time, which means that we can take more risk in opening up the aperture for who we offer this product to than a mortgage can take. Hey, and doing this, what has been a surprise to the upside? What has been a surprise to the downside? Oh, wow. That's a, uh, an interesting question. Uh, a surprise to the upside has just been, um, you know, everyone talks about starting a mission-based company. And for me, uh, that has really just gotten better over time. I love waking up every day. I love helping people actually access homeownership. I, I really believe that it is a major way to to grow wealth for mm-hmm. the low and middle income uh, Americans. Uh, so I think it's actually quite important. Um, to the downside, I would say, um, you know, building a company is just a bumpy ride. Um, and things like, you know, right now we're having a mass shortage of inventory. Um, interest rates are kind of very low right now, but kind of jumping all over the place. And we're not sure where they're going to go. You know, you have to be prepared for some of these macro things that impact your business, but maybe are hard to predict at the onset. I never thought I was going to be managing a company through uh, a global pandemic. I've learned more in the last year and a half than I have probably my prior, <laughs> my prior, you know, 34 years. Um, and so I think that that has made it um, a really interesting learning experience, but, but definitely, um, a little bit of a crazier ride than I'd expected. It's like overnight you're now uh, uh, head of a company with a lot of experience because of the pandemic. I mean, we, we've heard it. We, listen, we've heard it from CEOs who have been leaders for a long time. There's just things they learned because they had to and pivot quickly. Uh, the timelines were just so bizarre during the last uh, year and a half. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you in terms of home ownership. How does it, how do you think about things like diversity and inclusion to make sure that you are helping a diverse population? So what's interesting is that, that the government actually regulates that you okay. can collect um, demographic information on an indiv- individual. So you can't ask someone what their race is. You can't actually ask them if they have children or not up front in the application. And all these things are really important because those were historically groups that had been discriminated against. Uh, when it came to rental property. So we don't ask any of that up front. Um, although I do estimate just from qualitatively having met a lot of our customers, I think our demographics roughly represent um, the, the demographics of whatever area we're in. So I think like someplace in Atlanta that I don't know the exact number, but it's probably call it 60-ish percent of the population is black. I'd say probably similar numbers are, are di- a similar percentage of Divi customers are also uh, black. We have a lot of families. I'd say that that's probably the majority. We don't know up front, but later on, we do make them list out everyone who's in the house just to, for safety reasons. Right. Um, so a lot of families um, and a pretty diverse customer base, which we, we're really proud of. Hey, really quickly, just got about 40 seconds here. Um, I do wonder what the end game is for you guys. Do you find that <laughs> staying private is a better thing? You just did another funding round. You're now hitting a $2 billion, or you're there at a $2 billion valuation. Is the end game to go public? And I just, or do you need to stay private in order to function in the best way possible? Well, and again, just got about 30 well, seconds. Yeah, so I'd say, Carol, Staying private is always preferable than having to go public. As you know, going public as a company has a lot of legal and compliance requirements. Right. However, I do foresee us probably going public uh, within the next five years just because of the asset costs we're in, the amount of capital that we need to access. Um, the public markets also generally tend to understand real estate businesses super well. Yeah. Um, and we've seen a bunch of our prop tech competitors benefit from this. So. Well, 
great on the horizon at some point. Well, I hope you'll you'll stay in touch and and let us know as things progress over the next couple of years. Love to check back with you uh, real soon to see how things are going. Divi Home CEO Adina Heffitz joining us on the phone in San Francisco.